Hey everyone, I'm Andy Petronic, and this is the Whole Life Challenge Podcast. It's the place we connect with extraordinary people, ones who think differently, who have risen to the top of their field, who have vast knowledge, experience, and insights to share, as well as incredible stories to tell. They are also the ones who have figured out a way to take their life's experience and turn it into something that truly makes a difference in the world for others. These are their stories. gang, it's Andy Petronic, and this is episode number 131 of the Andy Petronic podcast. Uh, you've, if you've been a frequent listener, especially recently, you know that I've recently launched a website. It's andypetronic.com. And really the purpose of that was to have a placeholder for my monthly newsletter. I wanted a way to reach people with the things that I'm learning because I, you know, it's funny, the more times I tell people of things I'm learning and things I'm doing, they're, they're incredibly intrigued because they're, they're really outside the box. They're outside normal and they are kind of based in a lot of the conversations that I have with a lot of the experts that I talk to on the podcast and, or they're based in just various tidbits of information that I find from the web and from the, the, the resources that I've been accumulating for 25 years in the health and fitness business. So, um, I wanted a way to share that stuff with people it, it, differently than a blog, um, differently than just talking about it on the podcast. So I created this placeholder, andypetronic.com where you can subscribe to my newsletter I'm putting old episodes or old issues, I'm sorry, of the newsletter up on Medium. Um, I've got two of them that have come out so far, February and March. So if you want to subscribe, go to andypetronic.com. There'll probably be new parts of that website um, as I develop new things, but uh, check it out. I'd love you to subscribe to the newsletter and I'd love to see you on there. If, if you know, another resource that maybe I should put up on uh, on antipatronic.com are my living room workout videos. If you haven't participated in the whole life challenge, um, you, these are 10 minute exercise videos, workout videos. They're, they're short. They're, they're body weight only. They can be done in your living room. They can be done in your hotel room. They take, most of them take less than 12 minutes. Some are, you know, eight to 10 minutes. They are very effective. They're, 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 they, if you go hard enough, they're, they're quite a dose of, uh, you'll, you'll feel like you did something for sure. Um, when you're done and, uh, they can be done by anybody with no equipment. So, um, if you want to find those, go to YouTube and just do a search for Andy Petronic living room workout videos. So, um, I wanted to get that out of the way first. I was thinking about that today. We have a sponsor of the Whole Life Challenge, and it's called The Good Kitchen. And, you know, it's funny. When a company like The Good Kitchen, when a, company, when a company's mission just literally seamlessly blends with The Whole Life Challenge's mission, it, it just creates for this amazing symbiotic relationship. And that's kind of what happened with the whole, with the Good Kitchen. They they provide meals for pre prepared prepared. I was gonna say pre prepared prepared, but they're prepared meals that are pre prepared 
They show up at your doorstep via FedEx. They are um, organic. They are sustainably sourced. Um, I had Amber Lewis, the founder of The Good Kitchen, on the podcast a couple weeks ago. So if you missed it, you can go back and hear really right from the horse's mouth exactly how they came about and how she sources the food that she prepares. Um, It's unbelievably convenient. And if you've never had, if you've never given yourself the gift of having prepared meals sent right to your doorstep, it, it truly is miraculous because it eliminates any sort of thinking that you have to do, especially around lunch for me. Uh, you know, it could be dinner, it could be breakfast, but for me, it's lunch. I, I don't want to have to think. I want to know that I can just either pull it out of my cooler or pull it out of my refrigerator and it's done. I don't have to, you know, really think about anything. So check it out. Um, if you use the coupon code, I'm sorry, the link, thegoodkitchen.com forward slash WLC, you'll get 15% off your first order. So check it out. I highly, highly recommend it, at least giving it a shot. Um, Want to get something else out of the way, and this is because it's important. Uh, fan of the week. Look, guys, I can only grow this I, and continue to grow this if we continue to build an audience. And the way we build an audience is by getting other people to see and hear about the podcast. So I guess the first way to do that is if you know somebody that you think would get value out of any one of the podcasts you've heard uh, or any one of the guests you've heard on the Andy Petronic podcast or the formerly called the Whole Life Challenge podcast or the Whole Life podcast, send them a, a link to the episode. I mean, it's like sending a newspaper article to, you know, somebody that you think would benefit from part of that story. They will, if they, if it resonates with them and they listen to podcasts, they will love you for it. And, um, you know, I, I don't want you to send it to somebody if you don't think they'd like it. So, um, but in the, in the other way, this podcast grows is from reviews and, those are provided by you guys. If you love the podcast and you, uh, you're you willing to write something about it, please go to this link, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Andy Patronic podcast. All one word, bit.ly forward slash Andy Patronic podcast. It will take you right to iTunes. It will open up it will open up iTunes actually. And, uh, you can write a review, um, you know, a five-star rating, four-star rating, whatever rating you want to give it is appreciated. But what really counts is your, your words. So if you can write something, I would be very, very grateful this week. Uh, the fan of the week is, uh, he goes by he or she, uh, goes by the name bull trout 56. And the review was from February 14th, 2018. It says, this podcast is for you. No matter who you are or where you're at in life, this podcast is for you. Andy is incredibly inviting and will make you feel like you have a nice place here as a listener. Each guest guest will leave you with a nugget of inspiration to go out and try new things. WLC has been incredibly positive in my life and the community is fantastic. You'll finish each episode uplifted and empowered to make a change in your life. Highly recommended. Bull Trout, thank you very much. Uh, as always, if you hear your name read as fan of the week, I'll send you a t-shirt. So um, uh, shoot me an email 
podcast at wholelifechallenge.com and uh, I will get that out to you. So thank you so much and um, yeah. So I think I've gotten all the nitty gritty business down. Um, Don't forget that every episode has show notes and links and all kinds of good information. If you want to get in touch with a guest, go to wholelifechallenge.com forward slash podcast and you can find it. Um, and remember, you can find me, podcast at wholelifechallenge.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Andy Petronic. Uh, let's get on with things, shall we? The guest today, I mean, that is why we're here, right? We're here because... We have a guest and we have a conversation and it's, it's, it's an amazing conversation. I mean, I'm blown away by the number of amazing conversations I've had, um, since starting this thing and they continue to just build. And this one is no exception. I'm, I'm speaking with Dr. Sujit Sharma and, um, I'm going to do something I don't always do. Um, I'm going to read some of what he talks about in his bio because it's, it's very applicable for how this podcast goes. Um, Dr. Sharma, by the way, he's, he's trained from, uh, he's a Harvard medical school trained pediatric emergency room doctor. Um, but he, I'm going to just read this over the first 10 years of his career. Sujit describes how he and his colleagues observed obvious signs of a worsening childhood obesity epidemic. Working in a medical practice responsible for well over 100,000 childhood ER visits per year, you naturally get to observe trends, especially as they relate to the physical state of health for the average American kid. Obese toddlers, as well as adolescents, showing signs of what was usually adult-onset chronic disease, these were things that used to be rarely seen, but became increasingly common in just a single decade. Around that time, Sujit became friends with a holistic trainer, health specialist named Liddell Hill, who helped him realize two things. One, he actually knew close to nothing about nutrition, even though he was a doctor. And two, the best way to fix our modern health crisis was to make healthy eating, especially whole plant-based foods, easier and popular. That's where I'm going to stop reading and tell you that this episode is about his development of a product called Choose. Um, that's, that's not what the whole episode's about. But he met Liddell, who was the creator of this juice slash food called, called Choose. And he became so um, such a believer in the product and its mission and how it has the potential to be a game changer for so many people because of of the portability and convenience of the packaging and how different it is. And I will tell you that he sent me a case of juice and I thought, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had pulpy juice before. This is not pulpy juice. This is, this is like drinking a salad. It's very strange. It's a very strange experience. In fact, they're changing their label, their, their, their packaging, um, because it's confusing to people. Um, it's, it's awkward. In fact, their tagline is it's awkwardly delicious. You, you lift the bottle up to your mouth and their juice comes in, but you also get a mouthful of, of pulp of, of, you know, chopped up vegetables and nuts and herbs and it's delicious, but it's really, really, really different. So, um, uh, Sujit is, is now part of the startup world. Um, in addition to being a full-time doctor, he really has two full-time jobs 
Um, like I said, highly educated. We have a very far ranging conversation, uh, not just about juice, but about the, the state of healthcare in this world and how our current medical system really isn't doing it, doing our people any justice and how that needs to change. So, um, you're going to love this conversation and you're going to be interested in this product. It's uh, it's out of Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're local to Atlanta, you might've already seen it um, in Whole Foods. If you're not in, in Atlanta, Georgia, you can get it online. You can, you can order it from choose.com. And uh, I, I just love, I love it. I love the story. I love the product. I love um, Sujit's passion for helping people of the world, helping families, helping kids. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. So you're going to love this conversation. Um, let's do it. Get wet, get ready for the one, the only Dr. Sujit Sharma. Welcome to the whole life podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, people have already heard your introduction, so they know a little bit about what you do and what you're up to in the world. But I was really intrigued by, we got introduced from my friend, uh, Jimmy Rosenberg, who was the founder of, um, evolution fresh, uh, which if, if anybody out there has ever bought a juice at Starbucks, you have had one of my friend Jimmy's juices, um, which is kind of a cool thing. I mean, to be that known, I mean, in Starbucks, I mean, start where, where would you get wider distribution than Starbucks? Yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy introduced us and uh, said, hey, Andy, I think you, 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 you've got something um, that Sue just got something that you really would like to check out and see in it. And, and I didn't really realize how different it is until I actually until you sent me some of your what the, the products called choose. Um, yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. You know, it's got some pulp in it. And uh, I've had pulpy drinks before. And uh, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a massive departure from um, from juice with pulp in it. So what, could you um, just so people know what, we're, what the heck we're talking about? Could you give us a, just a quick like, what is it? And uh, then we can get into a lot more of the conversation and the details. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it, man. The, um, uh, you know, juice is definite. It's uh, we call it awkwardly delicious. It's, it's a new category of food. Did you say awkwardly um, delicious? Awkwardly delicious. Awkwardly. It, it is. Kind of, it, it, that's a great way to describe it. It is. I didn't want to say that, but it is. You put it in your mouth and you're like, what yeah, do I do awkward. with this? Yeah. Yeah. It's as a drink, especially, you know, this is a, it's, it's more food than drink. It's it plant-based whole food. It, you know, I think a couple of years from now, people will think that, uh, wow, that just makes sense. Why didn't we do that sooner? Instead of just, you know, squeezing liquid out of plants, why not, you know, keep more of the whole plant? And so my friend created this product um, from years of his own kind of uh, learnings and wisdom of you know, grandfather who uh, raised my friend Liddell, who created Juice. Um, who was into natural healing and plants. And so Liddell wanted to create something that was portable and really met our physiologic needs, you know, so something that was really more like whole food rather than just a drink. And so he created juice. It's 35 fruits, vegetables, herbs, nuts, and seeds. And so it is, um, uh, rather than just juiced, it's a lot of chopping and blending. 
and um, so we're kind of keeping the whole plant in there because there's a lot that we are wasting if we throw away um, that other stuff. And it, more than ever, we're learning now that the importance of eating whole food is is just is is tremendous in terms of our the way our bodies work. So, would you would you say it's? Uh, I mean. Because a couple of thoughts go through my head, like um, why then juice form? Why why is it juice at all? Why isn't it just chopped vegetables in a in a in a little to go tin? You know? Yeah, right. It's you know, well, Liddell, Liddell, it was It's a great kind of story. He created it for himself. You know, he um, he wanted to put together the best nutrients, um, both kind of vitamins and minerals, as well as high in fiber and things that he had researched over time that work well together and make it just portable and easy for him. So it just started for something that he created a great fuel for himself. And, uh, and, and portable and easy was meant it was a juice in juice form, right? I mean, that yeah, was part yeah, of in the a bottle, which is interesting because that's about to, that's, that's going to change for us. Oh, really? Packaging is everything, you know, and it, right. it really, it really is a food disguised as a drink, you know, in, in that it, it's in a bottle. But the bottle, we found, kind of really doesn't – it gives – people are accustomed to seeing beverages and drinks in bottles. Yep. And this really isn't. Functionally, you know, it is it's, – it's, people, most people know nowadays it's better to eat an apple than to drink apple juice. Yep. Um, so this is much closer to that experience in a branded product that when I was introduced to it, I was very skeptical. Well, it's also very interesting. My first experience when I – tasted it when I tried it is I didn't know what to do because you're right. I'm used to seeing a bottle and getting and drinking and I put it in my mouth. I didn't, it was, it was very confusing because I put it up to my lips to, to take a drink. And all of a sudden I got this big wad of, of uh, vegetables and great stuff. But I, but it was like, Oh, this is different, you know? And, uh, and part of me was a little disgusted. Uh, part of me was like intrigued. Um, and, and once I had the first, bottle i was like this is delicious this is fantastic but it the very first thing was it was weird it's it's awkward yeah it's yeah it, what's what's really interesting is is the psychology of the package you know um because we do want to switch transition to something that's going to be more food like yep rather than a bottle that looks like you know the bottle's great because it's portable right but you know um why not have a product that embodies everything you know something your body needs and your nutrients your body's missing especially fiber and yep. then but also you know we're going to change the packaging unit so it is going to be more of an eating experience because this this is juice is an experience yeah and you know it may be you know for me when i do sit down and enjoy it and i try I've tried it out of different containers especially when i'm forced to sit down and appreciate you know every bite and what went into it um it kind of it it's you know it kind of leans towards the idea of mindfulness in the eating not just like we're always on we're always rushing Right. We always have time. We always have time to actually. There is time we can make to sit down, and, even if it's, you know, like idea of meditating for fifteen seconds. You know, it's it's like there is some power in that. That yeah. deep breath, this thinking and appreciating where all this, you know, these nutrients the Earth has given us and where they come from. Does the so have you tried? Have I, and I hadn't exper- I didn't even thought of it because it comes in a bottle again. Uh, have you experimented with eating it with a fork or a spoon or or mm-hmm. you know like other ways? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly you know that's exactly where we're going with it. We uh, 
it, we thought we would have to thicken the product more to get to do to really put it in a new container that was more like a food. Yeah. But um, we were surprised. It just it is like you said. You know, you like get this rush of stuff. It is. It's perfect to eat out of a small little bowl or jar. Yep. Yep. And um, it is, and with a fork or a spork, you know, that could yeah, be right. a campaign for us. You know, this. Yep. You know, Bring the spork back. Eat eat the dr- dr- eat the awkward juice with a spork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 perfect. It's a good throwback. Get all know? the and, weird. Uh, get all the weird things in there all all at once. They are weird. It's yeah. definitely it's yeah. We fully acknowledge it. It is weird. People definitely see that when we sample that people you see people they see it from a distance and they're like, what the hell is that? Yeah, you know they are this. They're like you know there's a like you said the almost disgusted thing, but. Like, but then they, they try it and they're like, oh, okay. You know, I get it. I like the idea, the description we're going to be going more towards is a juicy super salad. Right. Ooh, right. Especially the right. new container. I think will you be able to, better. will you be able to pick the container up once you've eaten the solids and, and, um, and shoot down the liquid? Yep. Yeah. yeah we cool. were a little surprised when we found this little kind of this nice jar container that actually, um, is very conducive to both. You right, know, so that you right. can, you have much more room right now. You know, people will say like, oh, I can't get all this stuff out, yep. you know, that's still in yeah, there. Yeah, right. I, I, I've had that trouble too. I've rinsed it and I've, I've actually just put, you know, like, um, good water in it and, you know, shaking it up and then, and then drink yeah, the water. That's what I do too. It. And it's just, yeah, like I don't drink enough water anyway, but then it's yeah, like, right. it's, it's, it's tasty and it's still nutrient dense because you're still yeah. getting all of the little remnants of tiny bits. What's actually in there. the juice that makes it like, wh- that keeps it from being able you able to making it not juice like just the solid like what what's in the in the in the juice itself is there something in the processing that causes the juice to create juice or no something we do we you know we juice um about a third of our ingredients are actually juiced and then two-thirds of our ingredients are just chopped and blend or chopped and or blended what are some of the ones that are juiced um apple pineapple beets um the celery, the pear. Um, now, do you juice it and remove on. the pulp from all those things, or do you? Is the pulp? So it's just that's it's a centrifuge juicer. Okay. So it's it's mostly juice. There is some pulp yep. that's coming out. Um, yeah, but it's mostly just the juice. So the with all of the leafy green vegetables and and the uh, herbs. Um, Things like the ginger and the nuts and the seeds, those are all whole. They're not pressed. They're right. actually or juiced. They're just they're chopped or blended. So you're getting you know, even our kiwi. When we put kiwi in there, um, it's washed, but we don't even peel it. They cho- you know, it's chopped. Oh. I mean, the, oh, there's wow. more nutrients to the skin. The skin. Yeah, great. Yeah, cool. Than there is probably in the fruit. It's really interesting because we've always uh, steered people clear of drinking any fresh pressed juice that's just that's just um, fruit juice. Because it's void of all the pulp, and it the speed at which it affects your insulin levels is just, or, you know your blood sugar levels, and then yeah. thereby your insulin yeah. levels is is just you know staggering. People think they're drinking a healthy drink, and they have beet carrot juice or beet uh, not beet carrot, but beet um ap- beet apple juice, you know, and it yeah. just it, 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 gives it, them it, a massive spike. Right. But it's it, interesting it's... now when you're adding you're adding vegetables back in that are actually full of all the good stuff. Uh, yeah. what you, what your body does with that? I don't. Know. Have, have you have you tested that? Actually, have you done blood? 
Have you blood, yeah. done blood testing with uh, how it affects blood sugar levels and whatnot, as opposed yeah. to just straight juice? Yeah, we, so we did a clinical trial at um, Emory School of Public Health a few years back, um, and we looked specifically at uh, your heart disease biomarkers, in this case, pulse wave velocity, which is sort of it gives a sense of your cardiovascular health. Pulse wave um, velocity? Velocity, yeah. It's a fancy word for just basically measuring the stiffness of your arteries. And huh. it's a known tool for helping to, to getting on a, in a short-term basis to measure how healthy your blood vessels and your and your cardiovascular system is. Is it measured through like ultrasound or how? Yeah, like an, it's, it's, an, it's a probe, you know, machine that, that is able to then measure the velocity going through vessels. So, um, and then be able to help take a measurement for the compliance or the, you know, how, how stiff or distensible the, the, the vessel is. Huh. And then, wow, so cool. that relate that relates to your, your cardiovascular health. You want your vessels to be less stiff, less stiff, like supple, more, more like supple right. and able to, yeah. you know, yeah. And that has so much to do with the nutrient density. But the other thing we measured in there was also uh, fasting blood sugar. So we had 21 participants and um, they consumed juice as a lunch meal replacement for 14 days in a row. Mm -hmm. And we saw a statistically significant improvement in the um, biomarker for the heart disease biomarker. And we saw in over 80% of the participants uh, improvement in fasting blood sugar. Um, and that you, have a, you had a control group also? No, we, what we did is we as you measured um, every single day, we did their measurements and we did we looked at for three days prior to um, the study starting, we actually measured, uh, try to get an average baseline for their blood sugar, fasting blood sugars uh, before they started okay. having the juice. Yep. And then we measured that kind of going forward. But I think, yeah, most juice companies would never even want to participate in that because yeah, right. No, right. it's not, you know, it is, it's different, you know, and I think it's, it's an interesting evolution. Like I think a few decades ago, the beverage industry convinced consumers that, you know, having a juice in a bottle was the equivalent of having a salad. And we all fell for it and we still do because we are looking for that magic pill. Right. And so it just, Oh, it just seems healthy. I think most doctors I know would have most of it until a few years ago. Yeah, I just have, just thought, have a juice. I knew a lot about nutrition. I, right. I realized I do nothing and it was a big, you know, eye opener, but I think the good thing about what's happening with all the, you know, the juice market that's out there is just at least introducing people to the, you know, plant-based nutrients and right. making plants popular again. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Unless you're somebody who is going and burning those calories immediately with a, a workout, um, you know, having really expensive juice that has no fiber, uh, you know, it's going to get stored. It, you know, yep. it's converted. To glycogen and can eventually get turned stored in fat if you're not if you're if, so for the average consumer in america you know we need whole food products we need a ways to you know everyone knows you need to eat more salads how do you make a um you know make it easier and fun and popular to do so yeah so that's what we've created we've and convenient. evolved a convenient i mean that's what yeah. i think you're you're really hitting on you know it's funny one of the things we've done in the in the challenge is to uh think about some of the different populations that we would love to have participate in the, in the challenge and uh, one of the things we thought about when we created the kickstart level which is the you know i say quote unquote lowest level although it's the one i play um mm -hmm. it's the uh we, we thought about truck drivers 
Like, what do you do with a truck driver who wants to change his life and, cha- and turn their, um, you know, who's used to eating on the road, who stops at subway, they stop at rest stops on free on highways, um, you know, and how do you, you, you got, you got to give them something that they can, that's palatable, that's easy, that is not going to make them, you know, have to take a 30 minute break to shovel, shovel down a, a salad if they're, if they're on a deadline, um, uh, that convenience factor for, I think, these masses of people that are, you know, that are just around these horrible choice foods all the time is such a big deal. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I, yeah, that's one of the things I really love about about shoes we, is. Yeah, we, we've had, we've had some fans who've been truck drivers and they, they you know, they definitely they love that. They have a cooler in their, in their, yeah. in their um, truck and they but we found a lot of data out there showing them that um, in the whole convenience channel in general, you know, where a lot of truck drivers obviously are stopping at gas stations and picking stuff up. Uh, you know, this is $280 billion a year of in-store sales in the convenience market. Yep. And at least a third of those consumers are now looking for healthier products and are willing to pay a little bit more for them. And you see the trends, you know, even here in the Southeast, we go into gas stations and all of a sudden you're seeing apples and oranges, you know, just a few years ago, you never saw that, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's a slow, steady change. We just need to speed that change up. Yeah. Like, you're, like you're saying, for those people who really need, could benefit from a, a whole life challenge or just just ways to really adapt the healthier, adopt a healthier lifestyle day to day, better decisions and finding how much how better they feel. It's, it's rewarding when you can actually, when you see that happen for people. Yeah, I'm always skeptical about those fresh fruits in in, uh, in mini marts. Like, I, you know, I'll I'll get an apple from Whole Foods, but I've yet to pick up an apple that I really wanted to eat from a mini mart. I'd rather, yeah. I'd almost rather have a hot dog. I mean, like, I yeah. I know that doesn't make any logical sense. But, I know what you mean. Um... It's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's it's funny. Yeah, it is it is hard. Yeah, I you know I think I need to eat more plants. I mean, I don't. You know, I just I, I definitely I I, I can identify what sort of like who our target demographic is it's just people looking for a more convenient way to eat get more plants and they're you know eating. i'm not i'm not 100 percent plant-based by any means yeah and i really i'm diverse in my eating and my habits fluctuate and sometimes i'm better than other days you know but yeah uh, i i go through the same thing i mean i i um if it's not easy so so many of the so many of the vices of around food are are so easy that that it, 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 they they have an unfair advantage over vegetables you know like <laughs> it's not that I wouldn't eat vegetables but if I have to go into the vegetable drawer in my refrigerator and pull out a head of lettuce and wash it and then prepare the chop it and do all the things that you know it takes me 20 minutes to make a salad that I like yeah. you know that's one of the things I love about a salad bar at Whole Foods is um you know it's just all done for you. The the other interesting thing I, I found uh, about a year ago at, at Whole Foods, we were we were having a corporate retreat. I think I just talked about this on the podcast. We we were going out to Big Bear, and I was looking for places to stop for lunch on the way out. And I thought, oh, we'll just go to Whole Foods, and um, we'll be we were going to be out. It's about uh, it's about ninety minutes east of of like the coast. We're we're near Santa Monica, where you turn to go up. To the mountains and that's where i kind of wanted to stop and eat and there's not a whole foods within you know an hour of there once you leave downtown la 
and like Hollywood and the, the, the main part of LA where they're everywhere. I mean, I have three whole foods within, within three miles of my house. Once you leave this part of LA, it, they, they just don't exist. And like, uh, that's the world. I, I didn't even, you know, I know that logically, but it was, it hit me smack in the face when I was looking for where would I go? What would I do? Yeah. You know, you could go to Ralph's, which hey, nothing against Ralph's, but, um, uh, they probably, I don't know if they're stuff in their salad, salad bars, organic and, you know, um, but yeah, yeah. just, well, like, you know, that's it's, normal. It's that's the normal, not what I have. I have, I'm in a, I live in a bubble. Right. You know, I think a lot of us do who are into this in this space and trying to promote wellness. I think uh, I think what's driven a lot of it for me has, you know, my my day job, I'm, which is usually at nighttime. I'm you know, seeing uh, kids in the emergency room. And so I've noticed things over the last 20 years of practicing, like in terms of just the change that is palpable change in terms of childhood obesity. And for everyday people, like parents of the kids I'm taking care of, it's been been a bit eye opening. At one time, I thought it was a bit about about personal responsibility, a bit more like is often touted. But as you said, the cards are stacked against people who want to make better decisions because there's, you know, let's say if you could equate a lot of the packaged foods out there in the market today, especially how you know the you know issues with sugar and just the, the addictiveness and the fact that we know that sugar can spike a response in the brain that is similar to what a cocaine addict experiences and if you equate you know that sugar and, and packaged food to a drug it's like you go to your doctor's office once a year they say oh you got to eat better and then on your way out you know you hit the lobby you hit your car you open your phone you look at the billboards on the way home you're inundated with suggestions and sort of enticement to use that drug that is probably causing a lot of the problems, you know, and it's not, it's, and there's a solution, which is, it's not really just issue sugar. It's sugar devoid of fiber. I mean, carbohydrates are not evil. It's the issue is, is making it more of a whole food rather than, you know, um, than just drinks and packaged products that are delicious, but they lack Fiber. They lack what the one nutrient Americans are missing most, which is fiber. And um, like you said earlier, too, like blood sugar spikes. Now, I see 10-year-old kids with signs of type 2 diabetes. I rarely saw that 15 to 20 years ago. You're in and, the ER, so you're not seeing them for these things. You're seeing them for other things. You're seeing them for broken, exactly. bone, broken right. bones and, and sprained ankles and, you know, yeah, flu. Yeah, ill, the flu. We just yeah. got done with the you know, busiest flu season I've ever experienced, you yeah. know. And so we're, we're just inundated you know, record volumes of patients, but, um, yeah, so it's, you're right. We're not, you know, I, this is stuff that I'm These are just incidental seeing. things you notice. Yeah. There's, and, you know, for, for darker skin individuals, you can actually, there's findings. You can see there's a finding called acanthosis nigricans, which is a Latin term for this um, change to the back of the neck, um, where you can see signs of insulin resistance. So as you said, you know, when blood sugar spikes, your insulin spikes, and if you're doing that on a daily basis, repeatedly, eventually insulin gets on things. Your body gets unhappy. Your, your cells don't recognize um, insulin. So the receptors become insensitive to it. So that, that insulin resistance, um, what it can then produce is this finding, the acanthosis nigricans on the back of the 
neck, and so you're examining. Is it, is it like just, seeing like rings on a tree? Is it like uh, just it's, a, it's thickening, it's darkening like... the skin, and kind of velvety, kind of uh, kind of texture to it, and then it just and wrinkly, you know. And it's so it's it's hard huh. to miss when you when you when you do see it. It's usually the back of the neck. But if you, yeah, if if and if things change in your diet and whatnot, does it go away, or is it there? Is it just a yeah? I'd imagine yeah, if you're if you're if yeah if I mean in the same way that you know uh, we know that a lot of people who have signs of type pre-diabetes um, yeah. can reverse it through dietary change. And, so you just um, notice this? You don't you're not even really doing blood testing or anything. You just notice some that is this a particular yeah, that, symptom that that's you just a, yeah, yeah that's a classic finding. You know, typically in obese individuals, but. Uh, it used to be something we'd exclusively see in adults. 15 to 20 years ago, rarely saw it in kids. And now I see it routinely, you know, 10-year-old kids. I had a mom ask me recently about, like, oh, can you tell me what this is in the back of the neck? And, and the, her, her son didn't seem overtly obese. He was like the new normal, you know, and it is. How, wait, so so it's, give, it's, me, give me a picture. How, how old, how, how much did he weigh? How tall was he? So, so 10-year-old, he was you know, he's under five feet tall, close to five feet tall. And he is, uh, he's probably 120, 130 pounds. Okay. Athletic looking um, or, or no, just look, no, 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 okay. no, not. And, um, uh, he, you know, it's really, it's, 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 it's a mixture of, it's not just overt obesity for people. It's kind of how they eat and it's the physiology of them. Right. I was always taught that physiology rules, and you know, I, I still believe that to this day because I'm a science nerd, and I just, you know, it's eventually the way you're eating, what we're eating, um, in a, on a much bigger level, not just you know the issue of like the you know, processed foods, etc. It's just like it's foods that are there's less fresh food being consumed, less whole food being consumed, and so you know less fiber, and so people are their insulin's spiking up and down and it's driving chronic disease. You know, we're finding out more and more. Um, and as we learn more about the human microbiome, it's, it was kind of exciting for me recently with juice is how science is now caught up with juice in that we are really starting to understand the importance of, of that this entity within us, the microbiome, hundred trillion, you know, um, cells from bacteria virus fungi that actually coexist with us they are they play a supremely integral part in our our our, our physiology and how we defend ourselves from infection and how we heal and recover um and it's gotten it's it's gotten me even more excited than ever i've been doing juice stuff now as ceo for over five years and it's been a roller coaster ride and a learning process. But yeah. now, as we start to understand that there is a second brain, you know, within us, I think that this, uh, when we talk about gut instincts, I mean, this, there's something real about this. There's a natural, you know, separate entity within us that lives there. And when we treat it well and feed it well and nourish it, you know, people talk about probiotics, that refers to the good bacteria within us, but um, probiotic, probiotics, the good bacteria, thrive and are nourished by prebiotic fiber right right and okay. yeah when they are fed that nourished with it they produce one of the byproducts they have is mucus so they produce a mucus layer in between sort of where where in the you know in the intestine where our good bacteria live the mucus layer separates that uh, from the intestinal lining 
So the inner lining of your intestine, um, the epithelium, is that the, the, these, these cells, when they get too close to the good bacteria, and the because the, the mucus layer is thin, that provokes inflammation and inflammatory responses, not just right there in the gut, but also can have systemic or you know effects throughout your whole body. And and that's like it's incredible. It's incredible because I've always been you know I what we're trained is in, in medicine. Everything is about methodology in in research and really going through methods to understand and make sure we're not just promoting something that is that really doesn't have a good basis for for for, in, uh, for asking the question they were trying to ask and answer. Um, and this is there's 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 phenomenal work being done now showing that like you know thicker that the healthier the mucus layer and the distance the happier your body. And because if you you know most Americans get 10 to 15 grams of fiber a day, um, they should get at least 25 to 35. Um, and more than women, there's no ceiling on it. Our prehistoric ancestors, uh, you know, likely consumed between 60 to 90 grams of fiber a day. Yeah. And that, you know, that nourishes your, your, uh, your probiotic bacteria, your microbiota, and, and all of a sudden everyone's happily coexisting. But now we wonder why chronic disease is going up. We, we you know, we have a good sense of it. It's like, cause we're, eating crappy food more often and you know and we're eating on average more you know, and then an additional 200 calories more per day than we did 30 years ago so it's 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 i'm as invigorated as ever that you know i believe that this is it's important to try and get there faster to, to promote you know making it more convenient and interesting to, to eat whole food it's amazing how hard it is to get that fiber. I uh, recently have become kind of aware of how little fiber I, I get. And um, um, that sound, by the way, everyone, is um, <laughs> is, uh, is what it sounds like to, to drink, eat, juice. <laughs> I'm eating it as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Not bottle. That, that was the bottle knocking against the microphone. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's Hopefully fine. It's good. It's totally good. It's, uh, good you know, it's problem. authentic. <laughs> if you were chowing down on, you know, like a Hershey's bar, I'd have, okay, we should probably not do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a time and place for, you know, exactly. Hershey's, but, exactly. You know. <laughs> um, no, I, I've become aware. I've actually started to supplement, um, with a fiber called inulin, uh, which I love because it's, it's taste free. It's a little powder and I can just stick, I can put it in my coffee. I can put it in a, you know, I can put a glass of water. I don't even really notice it. And it gives yeah. me just a little bit more fiber. You know, I'll, I'll get somewhere between five and yeah, right now I'm playing with somewhere between five and 10 grams a day of just added fiber that, that I'm not getting, you know? Right. And so in that case, you know, inland is, is a prebiotic fiber, right? You know, so right. there, you know, there is, you know, fiber in general is a big class is a non-digestible carbohydrate from plants. So like, you know, you know, as you can said with juices, you squeeze a liquid out, but you leave all this architecture behind. You know, I always tell people the plants have been around for a billion years more than we have. They've survived, you yeah. know, uh, ultraviolet light and infections from the environment. And inside of them is a host of nutrients and things that help that help them survive. But fiber is that non-digestible part that humans can't digest, um, but our bacteria can Yep. And that's what, so they, they digest it, but now, so not all fiber is prebiotic fiber. So inulin is a great example. 
like they call it an oligosaccharide, um, a non-digestible oligosaccharide, meaning smaller kind of molecule, but it has prebiotic uh, features to it, meaning that it can it helps to nourish certain types of probiotic bacteria. And so there's a, you know, I think I sent you this article from New York Times. They yep. had interviewed the uh, researchers, one in Denmark and one here in Atlanta at um, Georgia State University. And um, they've been, they used inulin as their uh, prebiotic fiber um, to study in, in, in mice. And they found this incredible um, change in responsive, responsiveness to uh, adding inulin to their regimen and uh, where it was clear that there, it, it created a better probiotic environment and it, they had better modulation of, of inflammation. Um, whereas in the high fat, uh, diet control group, uh, they saw, you know, they saw all sorts of havoc, you know, hormonally, et cetera. Um, I, I call it sort of the, the, the Donald Trump diet, you know, the, the high it, fat it was, diet without fiber, fat, without, yeah. without inulin, without soluble fiber or in, any kind of fiber, really processed food, yeah, the yeah. processed food, yeah. fat diet. Yeah. And so, uh, and, but they also showed the nice thing was that they showed that there could be, um, reversal that they for the for the mice who did have that high fat diet that when they gave them inulin it improved their uh, probiotic environment improved their how they modulated um, inflammation hmm. and so there is reversibility the next phase that they mentioned in this article which was interesting was that um, they wanted to go from you know with the inulin that's out there that it's kind of it's processed and it's um, they want. They know that different types of prebiotic fibers are. are they all uh, help to nourish different types of probiotic bacteria. You know, they, and so because there are different strains of probiotic bacteria that are obviously that are good ones that we need, and they're different uh, nutrient sources they like. So um, I approached the researcher at uh, Georgia State and kind of told him what juice was, and then. He became very interested and because sort of was the next phase where they're going. So now they're going to be studying um, using chews in their, on the, to give the mice in their next study to, right. to compare to the control. They're actually going to want to compare it to apple juice, giving apple juice um, to mice and um, versus giving juice. And uh, so we're, we're excited about that, you know, sort of getting our next clinical trial, our next research study um, sort of on the ground. How long do those trials take? Um, I mean, to set up, case, once you get the idea and you get somebody on board to do a trial, is it a six months? Is it a two years? Is it like, what's uh, the... No, it's actually pretty short. I think this is something they can run over a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Um, cool. But they already have, the lab is already set up for it. Right, you know? right. They have a great baseline and great methods to um, for measurement. And they're doing some incredibly fancy work in terms of the hormonal responses that they're, they're testing and um it's 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 interesting it's um it's just it's, it's great work that they're doing that uh, i think is going to continue to open up the field and help us understand um just how important and how how uh integral this is, you know, to, to our how the way we live your internet is doing some strange things i'm not sure if uh, uh oh i don't think it's mine or 
I don't know if it's actually I, I can't really tell on this thing whether whose it is, but you're you were breaking you were kind of breaking up, so whatever. We'll just watch it and see what happens. Yeah. Um cool. is this lab uh this is it University of Georgia, right? The uh, lab. Georgia State. Georgia, Georgia State, State University. Georgia State. And there are they doing um are they just doing ongoing studies around this one in this one area or are they doing yeah, all kinds well, of stuff? Yeah, this lab is sort of specialized to it. So they don't in this lab, you know, this this is they have mice and they have a, a good standard for both how to study uh, their epithelium and their response overall and look for changes in in the you know in, in the inter- internal anatomy of these mice and are, and are they just focusing on the the internal anatomy of the gut and that's all this kinds of studies they do or are they do no all they kinds actually of they're actually doing other stuff too and they look at other changes um for instance, just you know, whether if some tumors showed up somewhere in these mice, you know, so they're they're doing more than just sort of the, the gut itself. They're, I mean, they're looking overall the whole digestive system and any other you know, obvious changes right. uh, to their to their anatomy and their physiology. Yeah, it's really cool. It's great. I mean, you know, it's funny when you meant when you said that you know, um, when you're talking about the gut and uh, it's radical to me the number of cells in the bacteria the number of bacteria bacterial cells that we have in our gut i i can't remember i think dr perlmutter talked about it in his podcast like it's it's in the trillions the it's number of 100 100 trillion 100 trillion, 100 trillion. which and it's how many more, cells are in our body i mean there's more there's more less than that right well, way, <laughs> way less though it's like it's like logarithmically down i mean it's right i mean yeah it's, it's not even in the ballpark yeah, it's 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 there's more this this if you weight it on a scale, your microbiome can weigh as much as five pounds. Wow. Collectively, yeah. Wow. You know, second brain is real. You know, yeah, they, right. It's funny because I'm, I'm doing some work with a, a place here in L.A. called The Human Garage. I'm, I'm about to have a few of their therapists on the podcast. And what, one of the things they talk about is how not only is the brain – it's funny because we – I mean for 50 years – in, in the in the world I've always thought of the brain as kind of the control center of, of the body. Like it, it controls everything. It's not just another organ. It's it's the thing that runs us. And right. um you, you know, there's evidence to 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 point to. Obviously now we're talking about the gut, but there's there's um they talk about how the, the fascia in the body actually is more is more running the show than the brain is. The brain is supporting the fascia, which is responsible for kind of keeping this whole thing together, this whole organism together. You know, you can't right. really separate muscle and connective tissue from fascia. It's everywhere. It's, it's ubiquitous right. in the body. So it, um, it's really interesting. The, the new ways we're seeing the, the body and, and how it functions and what actually is in charge, what's controlling yeah. things. Well, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting the way science evolves. And, you know, I think in science is not perfect. We're all human beings, you know, uh, it, who are, you know, asking questions and trying to find good ways to answer them. But, the, you know, it's, I think through generations and over decades, we look at it, as the, I see it as a window, window, we crack the window open. And what we don't know until several decades later is how far open that window was. Right, right. You know, in, uh, when vaccines and antibiotics were first developed in the 19th century, they, they, um, it was a breakthrough you know, for, for medicine and for, you know, helping eventually for lifespan to increase uh, from, you know, in a, in over the hundred, over the course of a hundred years, 1900 
you know, you and I were right, probably past our view. I mean, that lifespan <laughs> for a man was around 44. Yeah. And, and now it's 77. Um, but now it's going down um, because of the way we eat. Uh, the, but the immunity idea, like understanding immune system, you know, it evolved more and more from there into the 50s. And, you know, Linus Pauling was, uh, Linus Pauling was this you know, famous chemist who came, really started studying vitamin C. He was a Nobel Prize winner. And his, his work before he died was really focused on vitamin C. And it just seemed to make sense to him and to a lot of people, yeah, you know, that this is antioxidant, et cetera. And at that point, we thought the window was half open. Like, you know, we really, had, you know, but now with, with what you're talking about is absolutely true with the gut, you know, and what we are realizing, whether it's fascia and how the oldest epithelial, epithelium kind of responds and plays a role in immune function. We're just cracked the window open, you know, we're and what we'll know about, you know, I find out now that most of the probiotic stuff that's sold on the market, a lot of it is, you know, either A, it doesn't have enough of the uh, probiotic um, in there in the counts. You know, you should be looking for stuff that has at least five to 10 billion um, CFUs, colony, whatever that is. Uh, and it is a colony forming unit, CFUs. And right, right. Um, the other thing is then if, if you, it's one thing to take probiotics, it's another thing then to nourish them. If you're not nourishing them right. with prebiotic fiber, then you might not be doing them justice in, in the end. Because again, the closer they get to the lining of your intestine, the worse off for your body. Right. You know, if they don't have that thick, healthy mucus layer between. All of a sudden, mucus is going to become a popular thing to talk about. Yeah, right. That's weird. Exactly. That used to be the grossest thing, grossest word to say when I was growing up. Mucus. Nobody would. When we're working in the ER, it's easy to you know you can talk about diarrhea and you're sitting there at your lunch break. You got to eat like you know it's like it's kind of realizing you stop and say you know what if our friends walked in and kind of they'd be they'd be disgusted. You live in you live in an ulterior yeah you live in an ulterior universe for sure and as an ER doc for sure I mean like I can't just imagine. It's 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 interesting. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm fa- I'm 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 totally I'm I'm fascinated by all. The, I'm I look at like how I think scientific arrogance has hurt us different times. I look at um, the way cholesterol became so popular with a couple of studies came up 30, 40 years ago, and all of a sudden the food industry shifted. Yep. Based on again what we thought was like we just opened the white window wide open. Right. Right. Cholesterol is bad. Right. And it is the marker that's going to tell us about heart disease. So food industry responds by getting rid of fat and um, trying to do decrease cholesterol. There was some attention to sodium as well. Uh, probably not enough. But then um, we start to become several decades later and realize, well, it's not just cholesterol. You know, it, heart disease is driven by three main things. It's, it's you know, cholesterol and um, intravascular inflammation and platelet aggregation and nutrition plays a role in all of these things and we've seen right. chronic disease and heart disease go up despite the food industry making this massive shift starting three decades ago and now look at where we are you know it's it's actually worse because why you know partly because we you know that little bit of that arrogance that we we, we swung the window wide open and now we know what the problem is we, we look back we're like we didn't we didn't know what the problem. Well, it's we, really, we were, and it's really, to it. I think, be, I, I think because of the way our economy works and the way businesses work, companies work, it's very hard to stuff that genie back in the bottle. You know, we, they've built a, an empire. They become inc- incredibly good at what they do. 
Like I, I'd say over, the, I'd say 30 years ago, we were just starting to get good at this stuff. But now, I mean, people have entire sections of their businesses designed to how do you make food more, uh, more addicting? How do you, you know, what, what taste triggers do you, you know, do you stimulate in order to do these things? And I, I think we've, we've created a monster like we, because now these companies are forced to answer to shareholders about profits. Um, if we, if we make, you know, I mean, McDonald's is trying to change gears, uh, you know, as is Coca-Cola, but it's, I mean, they're, they're, they're rallying around products that are systematically destroying the health of our, our population. Right. It's, it's irrational. I mean, it is, it, it is, it's not sustainable. By any means, yeah. and you know, you see, the, there's a shift. Food industry, the big food companies, have never been on the hunt to acquire, you know, companies that can innovate faster than they can. Right. And you know, the problem is though is is getting people to admit. Like I look at it like tobacco, um, and, and marketing around tobacco 40, 50 years ago, doctors used to promote camel cigarettes. You know, have you know, give your throat a vacation. Yeah. You know, you know this, <laughs> our, our special menthol blend is easier on your throat. And, you know, it, it's, it was, it's insane. We look at it as insane now. Yeah. And it's going to take a few decades for us to look back at food advertising today and marketing. Um, as you mentioned, there's this, it's marketing is everything. It's not just the ad you see. It's the way the package is designed. It's the way that the language is written. Yep. The colors they use, the positioning in the store, the pricing they put on it. And we're going to look back at it as irrational. I mean, you know, I, I, there's this ad of uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy promoting Prilosec. And in an adjacent ad, he's promoting um, uh, Uncle Pete's hot sauce to their, uh, uh, that they use as part of their fried chicken batter recipe. So you have Prilosec on the one side, you know, <laughs> t- take a pill, you know, don't why, why deal with the pain. But whatever you do, don't put down the fried chicken or the Philly cheesesteak. Right. Just don't change your life for that. Right. You know, I mean, just just take the pill. And so we all fall for this idea, this this magic pill. You know, and it it can be people who are health nuts who themselves who want to find that quick fix, or it can be you know everyday Americans sitting on a couch who's you know, you know, every decade has its ab lounger. You know, and it's, it's, those are all to me, these are all pills, the, you know, that we, this, this snake oil from a hundred years ago is still being sold today Yeah, because we want to, we believe it. We want to believe that science has evolved enough to help us find something that makes it so we don't have to work so hard. Well, are um, we genetically wired that way? I mean, we're, gen- we're genetically wired to be as efficient as possible at all times. So, you know, if you're not, if you, if you're sitting every day, your body's going to start shut down the mechanisms that require, that allow you to stand up straight and allow you to walk straight and, I mean, that's part of the, I think that's part of the beauty of the human body. Like it'll, it's allowed us to survive. So of course we're now we're doing it consciously. Now we're not just physiologically responding to stuff, but we're actually consciously trying to, you know, how can this be, how can life be easier? We're, we're, you know, it's this quest for easy, an easier life that drives me completely batty. Right. Well, I mean, you don't, it's, I absolutely agree. I mean, you don't have to look any further than look at what, you know, the, there is real, there's data cons- very concerning showing that the next generation of Americans are not going to live as long as the next. Right. Here we are talking about, you know, um, that moment when, you know, with artificial intelligence and our, that we could, and all these different things that we'll be able to live, you know, longer. It's like, 
wait a second, you know, we, we, we have, we're already killing ourselves the way we eat. And we can't really think about, you know, this epiphanous moment and, and before we actually start to address the problems that, you know, most average Americans are, you know, eating in a way that's socially acceptable. And that social acceptability is driven by marketing rules like it was for tobacco. You know, half as many people, used to be a million people a year used to die from tobacco related causes, now half a million. Still too many. Yeah. But it took 50 years of regulation around marketing to help kind of pull back and curtail what was socially, you know, idea of what, whether or not socially acceptable now. Can't smoke in restaurants. You know, people used to think that that was an assault on their American rights. Right. Right. You know, can't um, smoke in the back and, of an airplane. I remember when that was uh, yeah. thought upon as a, of course you can smoke in the back of an airplane. Well, like, where yeah, else would go you to the smoke? back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems ludicrous today. Yeah, you know, it's fine back there. Yeah. yeah for people that, were, that weren't alive back then, you know, it just seems, what? You could smoke on an airplane? <laughs> it just seems it just, silly. It, 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 is, it is crazy. I know, and that's culture change. You know, and I talk about this in medicine. We have the same issue, with, you know, uh, with this irrational. This irrational way we consume things is in with there's a parallel between the food and you know the way we as healthcare providers um, consume technologies around us. We you know we we the commonality is that we do things because we can, not because we have to. Yep. Um, and that that's an American that's American cultural norm. But culture changes. You know, when I was growing up, if it wasn't raining, my dad would crack open the window to the station wagon and, and when he was smoking in the car, you know, and there was no seatbelts because he cut them out. And, you know, in today's <laughs> world, it's, you know, they would be, someone would be calling a social worker if they saw that, you know, poor kids jumping around in the back of a station wagon, the dad's sitting there with the window closed smoking a cigarette. Right. You'd be like, what's going on? You know, but this is, you know, now today it's like, if you told my dad back then that we would be, um, that a lot of people would be typing and driving at the same time, he would have thought we were insane. Right. You know, but that's right. culture change. It happens slowly, and in healthcare and in, in, in the world of food, it it is it's something that we don't realize that drives our daily decision making. And this is like, like what the work you guys are doing, and others who are helping people on a day to day basis make more um, kind of more sustainable daily, you know, sustainable changes to their behavior. Right. Where they right. can, you know, and a lot of it is there's some emotional intelligence and kind of understanding, being honest with yourself about, um, you know, what it is that you're possibly doing to that is negatively affecting your health. And what can you, you know, how can you change that? How do you how do you address you know, these issues and, and actually find more happiness? I, I think a lot of it is helping people realize that how much the cards are sometimes stacked against them. Yep. You know, that there is, there is an influence every single day. And, you know, in, in my healthcare industry that I work in, you know, we're, we're good at taking care of people when they're sick and we thrive on it, but we should, we're, we don't do, we're, we're not doing disease prevention. We're doing disease screening, you know, primary care. I tend I have a lot of friends who are primary care doctors and I just, I mean, the system is not set up, you know, the, the world has changed. People's yeah. daily decisions are driven so much more than um, by the influence of what their doctor said a year ago when they saw them last. Yep. You know, for so ten people, for ten minutes. 
Like yes, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're, if you're lucky, right. you get a whole ten minutes. Yeah. Right. And you know, eat better. See you next <laughs> year. Right. That's right. You know, stay away from those. Then, uh, stay away from the. I don't even know what they say. Stay away from the sugar. Stay. I don't even know if they say that. And then you know, there's a McDonald's in the lobby of the hospital. Yeah, and the doctor's you drinking know? a diet coke. You know, like. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I mean, I, again, <laughs> doctors are not, we're not by any means, you know, examples. I was of, sitting in my, health. I was sitting in my, uh, my doctor's office. This is about five, four or five years ago. And, uh, you know, I would, I'm the typical American who goes in for a pulse check once a year with a, with my wife actually makes me do, well, nobody makes me, but she's like, you got to get a physical, you know? And I'm like, all right, I'll go in and get a physical. And my wife makes me do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm sitting there in the office after the physical's done and he sits down in his office and goes through the results of the, you know, what he found, which is, you know, for me, it was nothing. And he's he literally there. There's a diet can of Coke, Coke or Diet Coke. I took a picture and I thought I should post this. But then I thought, you know, like, I don't need to um, stir the hornet's nest. Uh, I mean, maybe I do need to stir the hornet's nest. Um, but it it just. Um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 interesting, you know, um, I do. I, I. I really. I honestly will say. You know, five six years ago, I thought I knew a lot about nutrition. My world kind of changed as I this choose project kind of took hold, and it's part of what opened me up to it. Is this? Um, and I. I feel like I'm a better physician for it, right? Be, because it's really given me a new perspective, and I really. I do think, like you know, that idea of taking a picture in your doctor's office. Um, how do we uh, help? Sort of the people in, in within the industry that I mostly work in in healthcare. How do we bring this knowledge? There's so much great knowledge out there about the power of more plant-based eating, about eating whole food, about you know, lifestyle change. Lifestyle is the disease in this country that we suffer from the most. Yes, and so yes. that's why, you know, um, what you know what, what you guys are doing with whole life challenge, what um, just I'm inspired by this so many people and you see influencers on social media who really, you know, can influence. I've seen so many lives changed yeah. by just like, you know, you find somebody comes across someone else that they just identify with, whether it be a challenge or this or just an individual that, Hey, I like their story. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like my story. And how do I make, how do I get there to where they are now? I and mean, if they did it, I can do it. And that's, that's, you know, that's, that's incredible, that kind of change. And that's, I've seen, I've seen, in, you know, people who've done that um, and led that kind of change for others for, for, you know, just to change their lifestyle effectively that there's, they've had an impact that primary care in today's world would never have, you know, unless yeah, your we doctor have... is, is text is texting you every day and you yeah. know, sending you messages on social media. Which you know makes you wonder: Shouldn't there be a new industry within this where there is more collaboration with primary care and with this world of wellness, and you know, in, in leveraging social media to bring those worlds together? I think is something we have to figure out how to do yeah. better. Otherwise, the health our, our healthcare industry should just admit it does not do disease prevention and just focus on treating patients when they're sick and, and doing disease screening. But we can't pretend like we're really doing disease prevention while, you know, lifespan's going down, chronic disease is going up, and um, it's Krispy Kreme on every corner. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's, 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 
we we had uh, Chris Kressler on the podcast uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago, and uh, he talked. He kind of laid out his plan. His new book called Unconventional Medicine, I think, uh, outlines his his. You know, he 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 does a really good job of laying out the problem, the statistics of the problem, and then he proposes a solution. And one of the one of the solutions is is uh, leaning on what he calls health coaches. And health coaches are like personal trainers that would that are experts in how to change your life in your house and how to come to your house and hold your hand and show you how to empty your pantry and show you how to choose the right foods and show you the the, the crappy food that you think is healthy that's not healthy and to get rid of it and and you know so doctor a doctor becomes a trusted higher level advisor you know is not coming to your house and helping you do all the logistical stuff the, doc, the doctor is interpreting the results of blood panels and um you know that stuff and and i i can guarantee you that there is so much with you know emory university in atlanta has a health uh, sort of integrative health uh health coach certification program and there's you know these things are growing and, and it's great because it's it's you know non-physicians who are who really want to help be disease prevention specialists yep and it's it's phenomenal uh it is it really, there's opportunity in the nonprofit work I do with, um, I'm a board of, board of directors for Georgia Organics here in Atlanta. And then we're, there's a, a BC, a childhood obesity initiative um, going on by the Atlanta Falcons Youth Foundation. Um, and I wrote a, submitted a proposal for that as well. That was um, uh, based on the health coaching thing, like you're saying, what Chris had, had uh, outlined is the idea you have to bring in health coaches to partner with primary care in order to make that work. Right. Right. How did you, I want to go back. Cause I, I, I didn't, I don't think I even know this part of the story. Maybe you told me once in a previous conversation, but how did you get involved with juice? Like why? And how did that, um, you know, here you are, you're busy as hell. You don't really need another project. I, I imagine as an ER doc. <laughs> yeah. 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 It would, you know, to my wife's dismay, I'd like to, you know, <laughs> right. burn the candle at both ends and try to do a lot of uh, different things. But um, the, uh, so I got uh, introduced to um, this whole project in sort of a, a serendipitous way. I, um, you know, the, so I go back about 30 years with uh, Sanjay Gupta from CNN. Mm-hmm. So we've been best friends since, since freshman year of college. And Sanjay got to be friends with Liddell, our founder, Juice, around that time when we both moved to Atlanta in 2001. And uh, Liddell was a trainer at CNN at that time. And so he... Um, was he training the staff of CNN? Like he was going into the office and training the workers? Well, the, yeah, he was he at, was at a, the gym. A, he was there, an expert. At, at Turner there, that he was training people there. And he and Sanjay... Um, got to be friends and Sanjay was just really kind of mesmerized by Liddell, just his background uh-huh. and the fact that he, his approach to health and healthy living was so unique and kind of driven by a unique upbringing as well. And um, in terms of, you know, he had a, a half Native American grandfather who raised him on a farm in Tennessee and, uh, and his grandfather couldn't read, write or drive. Liddell's grandfather, and he um, he was a local medicine man in Lebanon, Tennessee. 
and he. What, uh, what, does, that, what does that mean? I mean, I mean the, my picture of a medicine man is, you know, like a witch doctor or like right. you know, like yeah. rich, full of ritual and voodoo and I mean I don't know I'm making it up I I don't exactly know what a what that means right yeah it's in this case it's like you know it is a it is a um, about herbs it's in person people are going to for natural herbal remedies mm-hmm. and um, so in, in today's world a lot of those remedies are you know those things are substantiated in science you know we know the antioxidant potential within sweet potato or turmeric mm-hmm. and um, so Liddell's sort of view on health was really shaped a lot early on from starting at age five by grandfather who would do work in the farm and then pick out um, you know pick a sweet potato out from the ground dust it off and that was his snack while he was then moving logs and doing something else but he would mention that then people would start coming to his grandfather for um, different herbs and stuff that he would grow and that mm-hmm. would you know, just they were either ill or they need whatever. They would have, they would, people who were inclined to have something more natural. And, and he would make like potions or oils or uh, yeah. uh, things for them to take. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, that's what sort of from that Native American um, heritage he had picked up that. Mm-hmm. So then, um, so Liddell uh, went on to be an athlete. He eventually was on the West Coast. He was weightlifting and um this is back in the 80s and he admits to trying everything from protein powders to steroids to everything and he said he went back to tennessee to visit the grandfather when he was, the grandfather was in his 80s at the time and liddell's a big guy he's strapped he's he's, he's, you know, he's six foot three and he's just you know at that point he's a big bulky guy was he, he a, was he a football and, player when you said he was an athlete was what what sports yeah team? he played yeah he played a year of college football uh-huh and then it was on the weightlifting circuit with a lot of, you know, big games. Like Olympic weightlifting or bodybuilding? Bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, okay. Yeah. And then he, um, but yeah, I said he, when he went back at a point where his own health, he felt like was actually going downhill. He, his grandfather was in his 80s and had a firmer handshake than he did. And so at that hmm. point, he said he just, he realized he had to change his ways. Hmm. And if you look back at pictures, Liddell's 52, and he is... You know, he's got the physique, uh, you know, a 25-year-old running back would envy. Right. Um, he looks younger now than he did 25 years ago. Wow. Look back at pictures. And there's no magic to it. It's just he decided to go. He goes back. He went back to eating mostly plants. Mm-hmm. And he, um, uh, you know, he, he, he does eat meat once in a while. But he is, uh, for the most part, plant-based and eats, you know, does a lot of his own herbs and in addition and uh, it's incredible. I mean, like, so it just, it was, when I got introduced to him, I was skeptical at first. Um, and then slowly I started listening more and realizing that he had a lot of um, really interesting things to say. Were in you introduced to him it. as a, how, how, how was he presented to you? Like, is this a guy that you this were is a training? Friend. Just a friend, you know, just somebody like we, you know, he and Sanjay got to be good friends. So they were working out together and then about, uh, 10 years ago just when i was turning 40 um we all started working out together as well got it got it okay and so i just got i got interested in this you know first arguing with liddell about stuff and challenging him on this idea of food as medicine come on you know whatever focus focus (laughs) you know yeah yeah, and uh and eventually then i became a believer and i realized like oh i was wrong about so much of being and i think 
like most of us doctors have, uh, I think a lot of us, there's a conceit we can have that like we understand health. What we don't understand is how much culture has changed the equation for health, you know, compared to, you know, 30 plus years ago. I think there's a big risk that doctors take, you know, like to admit that they're wrong about something that they've been prescribing, say for 30 years or 20 years or telling their patients, you know, I think you live in a, as an ER doc, you perhaps don't have that same sort of built up um, practice because your people aren't coming you coming coming to you for that. But if you I mean, if you had been an internal medicine doctor for twenty years and been telling people that food doesn't matter, and it's hard to go back. I mean, I I, I don't. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying well that's the reason we don't. But it but it, I can just I can just sense if you built a career around one sort of advice to to just have the courage to suddenly change course is tough yeah yeah it is it's you know it's there's um data out there that shows that you know let's say the new england journal of medicine is like our top journal you know in terms of if, if you have incredible methods and there's something important that you're studying um you have to get it you know you have to really jump through a lot of hoops to get up to that level of the of new england journal of medicine or, or american medical association yep um the uh they show that like a landmark study can come out of one of these big journals landmark just change in treatment you know that this thing is now you know not needed anymore and this is the new standard they say that that can a study like that can come out and it generally takes about 15 years wow. for it to be ad- adopted in the general practice meaning by more than half the doctors or like what does it mean to be accepted 15 years for it to become a new standard where in practice that it's actually being implemented by like a certain percentage of by most by most people, by most people. I mean, just, okay you, yeah yeah like a it significant is, yeah, amount it, of doctors yeah it, right. yeah just take yeah, it takes a long time it takes yeah. you know yeah so you're to your point yeah we're, you're right it is it's it's not easy to change people's mind in anything or, or right. to have opened their mind to a, a a new way of thinking about things but i think it's it's supremely important i think before health coaches before doc, we can get doctors to really start to figure out the benefit and the um, and the potential upside of of partnering with health coaches. You know, more of us have to be convinced of the value that there is there. Yes, that health the health health coaching plays. How so? Okay, so you you had this conversation with Liddell, and you became friends. Obviously, he's kind of tugging you in the direction of, hey, maybe he's right, and I'm not so right that still doesn't put you in the chair in the hot seat of CEO of choose. How, yes. how did that happen? How did, how so, did... yeah, he, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he, he kind of, he started this for himself. He created this choose and the early versions weren't always so tasty. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. And God, Sanjay and I were with... often, you know, we're trying stuff. We're like, come on, really? <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I was still, I was a skeptic in the beginning. And then, um, I started doing more research and I started learning that there was a lot more overall opportunity. And then I came across a New Yorker article in 2011 that um, profiled the CEO of PepsiCo. And she talked about how the, you know, the line between food and drink was going to be blurred as they create, try to create more healthy products and the healthy products, the good for you products would grow from $10 billion a year to $30 billion by 2020. Wow. And, you know, just within PepsiCo, which is the you know, second largest food company in the world. And um, 
she talked about, uh, she mentioned a quote about snackified drinks and drinkified snacks that are nutritionally targeted. At that point, I had goosebumps and I kind of closed. Right. Yeah, you know, like, oh, holy shit. You know, Liddell's created a product. They don't even realize that just, you know, what they're describing. And he's also probably five years ahead of yep. anything that they've come up with. And I'm like, I had to be part of this. Right. I have to be part of it. I feel like it's my almost my duty as, as, a, as a physician who's kind of seen the light that I need. I really want to make sure this is done right. Yep. And um, no gimmicks, no um, infomercials. And there were people approaching Liddell about it, you know, as he was evolving it into a business. And um, and as I did my research and what he had already started, sort of his initial uh, venture, I thought was still kind of limited. So I brought together... Um, sort of a, a small group investment team and, and we came in and then um, I look at it back at it now, like, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, um, but what were you learned... thinking in terms of like, you didn't really know what you were taking on when you did this yeah. or yeah. Right. Oh, this right. would be easy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. You know, kind of start and foster and nurture your own company. It's like no big deal. Yep. You know, uh, introduce a new, you know, bring a new product to market. And, and at that, it's a, it's a new category of food. Yeah, right, right. And so that was, um, that was, uh, it, you know, I, I, I did, I took it on and, you know, after about, you know, it's been about nine months to a year, you know, to, you know, to both raise the money and put together an operating plan. And um, it, uh, you know, there were the ups and downs and, yep. uh, and learned a lot, but kind of, so, you know, that's how I got to that point there of taking on this role, you know, over five years ago. And it, it's, it, it's, it's been a lot of learning. Has there been a point at which you, you know, like, or, or one or two things that have happened that have been like, okay, time to throw in the towel. This just isn't going to happen. Like you just, nah, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, there's on a daily basis, there's frustrations, you know, in any kind of startup, but, um, is there one the, thing that yeah, comes to mind that, that that's like the? I hate raising money. capital. I hate raising money. You know, yeah, it just yeah. it's not. I, it's, over the last five years, I've raised about two million dollars in total, mm-hmm. um, but hated every second of it. Right. Um, you know, but um, so that part there's the financial frustration part. I think was probably the biggest thing. But is, what's I the hardest feel, part of that for you? Is it is it finding the people to to meet with? Is it just the uncomfortableness of asking someone for money? Is yeah, it, yeah, I think mostly that. It's just not. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just it's it's awkward, you know. To me, it's just not something that I think some people are probably enjoy doing it or probably better at it. Yeah, I'm you know just not me. But then on the other hand, yeah, I think I probably raised that money because of the passion I have for it. Well, you know you your know? why, you know, like I and I always tell people how important that is, you know, like if you know your why, it 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 it's the it's the greatest personal courage maker that exists you know when you, you it, it, your why becomes stronger than your your fear and your resistance right. then you just forge ahead you figure it out yeah and then, you know we've had a series of serendipitous events that have happened you know over the course you know those of these past five six years and um you know it's all of those different kind of things that have happened along the way have kept pointing to the fact that we can scale this yep. and you know we are we truly are launching something that people will look back at a couple of years and say like well well that just 
that makes sense. Why not turn a juice into a whole food? Yep. And you already have a whole infrastructure of distribution. That's disruptive to me. Is like, like, why You're not right. use the existing infrastructure to actually help people be healthier? Right. It can happen. It can actually happen. And, um, you know, I, if you, uh, I, we've, I've met some incredible people along the way and it is, it's amazing to me when you kind of, you see like you can put, connect the dots and actually then use pop culture to help drive something, you know, cause it's not a doctor who's going to, people don't listen to their doctor. I like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, or, you know, to some point people, I mean, obviously people want for, for certain things, people want advice from doctor, but we don't really have a firm place in, in giving people great advice about really preventing disease. It's funny because from my point of view, people always say, well, I need to talk to my doctor first, you know, and not, not, not that that makes them do anything, but that's from my end, that's the most frustrating thing is they don't know. And I'm, I'm not saying that for something radical, they shouldn't talk to their doctor, but there, there are plenty of things that they can, you know, bump up in their world of health and well-being that doesn't require doctor doctor advice and not only that doctor is not the right person to ask anyway um so uh so it's a, it's it's really interesting the perspective that yeah. you that you give as well they don't listen to doctors anyway and i'm like well all they want is they their 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 obstacle is oh, i got to talk to my doctor so <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you should you should you should do uh 20 deadlifts this morning it's like well i don't know let me, let me talk to my doctor first right uh, i think that sounds like probably a good excuse yeah to yeah not do not do those deadlifts uh, but it's yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. It's, it's been, you know, it's been a journey. I've been, I've been kind of lucky to be on it, to have a journey like it. And that there's no guarantee for, uh, you know, that it's going to, you know, succeed, but we've made it, you know, you know, beyond five years already. I think a lot of yeah. startups don't. Yep. And I feel like that there's a reason for that. I think it's because it's, it, it's meant to go somewhere. Where do you see yourself having like, uh, the biggest impact, um, in your practice as an ER physician in your, in your work with choose, do you think you might ever have to choose between the two? Um, and well, how would you do I'm that? a doctor first. I mean, I, I love it. I think I think I'm good at what I do. I, I really enjoy it. I love, and I know that regardless of any vocation for you know medicine, just as much as anything else, I meet a lot of people who don't enjoy what they do. Yeah. And, um, but I, I really do. I just turned 50 and I still, I love every single you know time when I go into the ER and I, I really, I, I value it. You know, we're, awesome. we're glorified wait. We're glorified waiters. You know, really. I mean, we just, <laughs> in, in, in the in the emergency room, especially. You know, you got you got seven, six, seven patients in different rooms, trying to manage the lab results and getting something back and doing you know whatever. So right. It's kind of like, I never really thought but, of it that way. That's interesting. <laughs> but but, but I, I I definitely enjoy it. But uh, the you know with shoes, it's you know I think it's um, the content side. I enjoy writing. I like um, you know writing blogs. For, for the company i like helping to send set the passion and the direction for you know our, our higher mission um that it really is in the end you know we're trying to you know figure out how to popularize eating more plants eating more real food yeah and and um making by you know through convenience and fun you know make it exciting um and you know, along the journey, you know, the way my friend Sanjay always, always describes it is is that the best way to teach people something is to do it in a way that they don't realize that they're being taught. Yeah, right. They're, that they're learning. Right. And um, so I'm hoping the brand can do that. Right. That we can actually right. kind of educate people along the way and 
in a fun way that they don't realize like, oh, I know I walked away with more information about mucus layers and <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Right. Or, you know, hopefully maybe not always on, not, maybe not always mucus focused, but maybe something, you know, a lot of different angles on how to like that they can go maybe share with other people that helps right. other people learn how their body works a bit better. How do you make it work in your own personal life? Like you, you, you're, you're, um, uh, incredibly, I mean, you've got like two full-time jobs. You don't really have a part-time job. How do you, how do you make a schedule work? Like what is your strategy? It changes every week and every month because my schedule for the ER is not, it shifts. And, um, you know, I think I have an incredible wife who is uh, very tolerant of the fact that I, I spread myself very thin and you know she's the glue you know for that so that, that mm-hmm. I, I hope she listens to this um, <laughs> <laughs> at least that one sound bite <laughs> exactly i'll clip it out for you, you. cut that you, please please cut that out for me <laughs> happy birthday darling listen to this um the you know it's it, so i think i'm um, that really that truly honestly is like is like, is is a key thing because it just i would think i would go insane if, if you know because we have a 10 year old and 12 year old and um you know it is it's it's tough to balance i fortunately i'm not somebody who's ever needed eight hours of sleep a night you know I, right I, five six hours for the most part is it seems fine my brain my brain's too active to I'm kind of jealous i'm kind of i'm jealous of that i i mean i need my seven or eight hours to feel really kind of together and with it and i i wish i didn't didn't need as much but yeah, I guess my answer should be that it's old juice, but you know that definitely <laughs> <laughs> that definitely we might plays call, a role. We might call I, BS on that because it's not. Yeah, it can't be. It, I mean, it there's not it, one no, thing for anybody. It definitely know? it helps me balance. You know, the, I, I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't feel as good because I wouldn't be able to get that much fiber in a day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because I don't. I don't like salads. I don't like making them. I'm yep. not a fan of eating salads that much. But. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think part of it is just, is there's passion, I think, if, for it. I think there's always that bigger picture and serendipity. Um, it kind of has been, has been great to, you know, just to keep pushing things along where, you know, I definitely would, and people, friends have advised, and, uh, and I, I understand that there's some point in a startup, especially, you have to draw a line in the sand. And um, for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's kind of worked out for me. Well, on a, on a micro level, how do you, um, what are your tools that you'd like to use to keep things together? Like, do you use a shared calendar app? Does somebody else manage it for you? Do you, do you manage, you know, your to-do list? Do you have a to-do list? Do you, how do you keep it all together? Um, do you use, do you use uh, handwritten notes or like, what's your, what's your system? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a couple of things, you know, one, you know, there's the, everything is driven by my work calendar for the ER. You know, because everything is about um, being rested and making sure that I have energy to, you know, give that 100% when mm-hmm. I'm there. So, you know, that, that calendar drives everything for me. And then I do like some of their project management tools out there like Trello and, and these others where, you know, for people like me who do have a lot going on, it's nice to be able to have something that's central that I can kind of, hey, okay, here's the big picture for things for that are going on um for this week this month or you know for this thing that i've got you know for whether it's work and meetings in the hospital or whether it's you know stuff or uh, content and writing for juice or strategy and um you know 
lot of it's been, you know, in, in meetings with different investors and trying to figure out who, you know, how does this all fit together? Yep. So that, that has helped me, I think, kind of structurally be able to step back and say, okay, wait a second, I'm off track here. You yep. know, this is something. I need so you to like, back. like reviewing your, like your weeks or your, what's going on? Like you use these tools to like Trello or, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is, you know, it is, I'll, I'll try review, you know, at least once a week and mm -hmm. look at where I am and then try kind of a lot of things always change. And that's especially in the world of, of startups. You, there's constant pivoting. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, and so, so right now I'm trying to identify and, um, and execute on new package. Is that your it's, biggest you know, challenge coming up? Is, uh, yeah, that's the, yeah, it's, yeah, what's been most, it's kind of in the last few weeks been most exciting too, because it didn't seem like it was even feasible without raising a lot more money. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of a sudden it's open. It's the opportunities there. Wow. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is. I think so. I think, it'll, I think it can help us in the kind of, just as you, you mentioned this, the unique user experience that, uh, that comes with our product. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we spent also a lot of the focus in time has been on kind of converting to an e-commerce company. So we could be shipped all over the United States. Yep. And so I brought on a, somebody to help really help run all of that. Who's got great experience with that and, um, really get the foundation infrastructure for that set up because, right. you know, we are you know, trying to get ourselves in a position to, you know, go from being able to make a thousand bottles a week to making 10,000 plus a week, yeah. um, you know, as soon as possible, but all those things are lining up nicely, which is great. Right. That's amazing. Um, do you work out? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I got into, I think my interest in medicine started out cause I was an athlete growing up and just, um, that was my life. I, you know, I, I think I picked emergency medicine because I, you know, it was, it's because it shift work, you know, the downsides are work weekends and evenings, but the upside is that there's a lot of other stretches of time you have off. Yeah. Right. And you, you're not married to the hospital. Right. Um, and so are you on call? You, you don't have a, if you're an ER, you don't, you're not on call, right? Right. Yeah. We're not on call. We right. are, um, you know, it is all shift work. So you're, you're assigned to a shift. Yep. And, um, so it, it varies, you know, from week to week and we have some people who are just like exclusively work at nighttime, work overnight. Mm -hmm. And then others like me, that kind of varies kind of a mixture of all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but I try, I try to find some time to balance it, but you know, those, when there's those off times, uh, trying to stay competitive with sports more than anything, cause that's always what's driven me so you do uh, when you work out do you do workouts in the gym or do you try, try to play more sports and just have fun or and, and like well, what's your time of day that you yeah, do um when i have time i think you know we're working out um with a trainer is then the sort of the best value for me because i yeah. am so distractible yeah right that if i'm doing it on my own i find i just can't get it done yep so it either has to be you know with a friend who's a trainer you know or liddell when we, when I've had more time and he was, he's a gifted trainer on top of being an incredible food slash health innovator. Right. And, um, 
but I've learned, so I learned a lot more about working out, but through him, but in the end, what drives me most is competition. And so, you know, I played competitive squash for you know, 25 years and cool. uh, my kids are now interested in playing. And so I'm trying to figure out how to make time for that to get competitive again. And, uh, you mean for you to get competitive so you can keep beating your kids or uh, you sound yes, like a tyrant? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> their, their, their old man, yeah, can't be seen as a, as a dud. You know, exactly. it's, just a, it's uh, but no, I've been, I, you know, it's I kind of learned from osmos. My dad was very athletic. I grew up sort of surrounded this idea that, you know, you just, you make time in your life, life for, for sports because yeah, that's right. what's important. Yep. But, but so, uh, try to run. I don't like running long distance. I like a mile at most, and just, you know, so sprinting and running. And then uh, my nowadays, I realize, um, which didn't realize five six years ago, that it is uh, so much more about uh, you know weightlifting, and you can probably do a lot more in twenty thirty minutes three times a week than you can do going for a jog. Yes. Five days a week. Yeah. Squeezing it in actually is helpful. Um, you know, in terms of ratcheting up the intensity, raising your heart rate, giving your, giving your body these intervals to, um, adapt. I had, um, actually, yeah, I had Martin Gabala on the podcast. He wrote a book called the one minute workout. He's a, he's an exercise physiologist who, um, is at McMaster university in Canada and, um, mm -hmm. has done just a tremendous amount of research on interval training and, um, just really cool stuff. Um, because it makes you realize that there's no excuse for not having time. Like just, just you know, 10 minutes, you can, 10 minutes is, I mean, that's what we talk about in the whole life challenge. Even the highest level athlete can actually benefit from doing a 10 minute workout. So, yeah. um, it's pretty cool. There's no doubt, you know, and that's the thing Yeah, trying to get people to do it on a daily basis. I remember when I first started working out with Liddell that, you know, I'd, I'd be at home putting food away or helping out laundry and, you know, I'm doing walking lunges with a laundry basket, you know, <laughs> right, or, you know, right. all of a sudden I got a can of tomatoes and I'm like, Hey, I can just kind of, I can do some raises with this, you know, and, yep. and just working on my deltoids, you know? And it's like, I realized like, Oh wow. You know, just, you know, I, I think it helped me get a lot more respect for then people who are helping others do that on a day-to-day -day basis. And I like always that simple approach. Right. Um, you know, and when we would, when Liddell and I, the best workouts we had were in a, in a park and on a playground. Right. Right. Yeah. And the most intense workouts I've ever had, you know, was yep. with, with Liddell doing that. And it was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Out here, so, we use the beach for that kind of stuff. I mean, we use parks too, but the beach is always a really fun place because you get hard sand, you get soft sand, you get, you get a hill going down to the water and up from the water. You get the water too. Um, right. The beach is a pretty cool place to train. Yeah. And I always look at it like nowadays, you know, I think sort of the end goal for me is when I look at the, like the parents of the kids I'm taking care of in the ER, you know, and I, 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 I go, I cover six, you know, different hospitals across Metro Atlanta and some, you know, out in the outskirts, what people would call the country, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. um, uh, and you see, you know, disparities in general health, you know, as you can imagine, mm -hmm. uh, depending on where you're going. And, you know, I've come to realize that just these parents love their kids more than anything. And a lot of us in society point the finger and blame these parents for their kids being unhealthy and for them, them themselves being unhealthy. And I just, I don't do that. I don't think it's true. I see how these little parents love their kids the same way I love my kids. And they're just doing what is socially acceptable. 
right. they're trying to help um they want their kids to be happy so right. they're going to give them they follow social cues and i you know for, for everyday people you know how can they have access get access to the knowledge or you know you know whole life challenge how can you know, they right. benefit from this idea of being able to do make small adjustments and do you know in even you know five ten minutes something how they how can they get it sort of introduced to the concept like you know five ten minutes every day mm -hmm. is can change your life yeah you know yeah. and so I, I look at it in the same way with the food options you know i i had an epiphany at uh several years ago like three four years ago this was the choose project where we started and i um we went on a disney cruise and so we drove to florida for that and we came we're driving back in the middle of georgia nowhere you know, like you know this is out in the outskirts and kids had to pee and as usual i would start yelling at my kids because i'm like i'm making great time and you have to pee now like you know, <laughs> so you know it's a it's a regular dad thing uh -huh. but then uh, then i realized okay i am making no sense and so let me stop this gas station so they're in the bathroom and i'm as usual doing my research you know looking at beverage shelves uh -huh. and here we are in the middle of nowhere georgia and you know there you have uh, fiji water vitamin water and all these fancy, you know, energy drinks and all these things that were, you know, 10, 15 years ago, before that, you only find them in nightclubs and boutique, boutique hotels mm -hmm. and really high-end gourmet grocery stores. Now they're everywhere. Right, right. And I just realized, like, huh, you know, like, pop culture can make some changes. So, right. you know, for those par parents and the kids I'm taking care of and their, and their kids, you know, these are people who are, many who may... They're busy in their lives. They, they stop at the gas station. They get a hot dog or a milkshake for breakfast. Or they're in the drive-through Chick-fil-A waiting. They're going to get a milkshake yep. with, their, with their chicken biscuit. And we just need, if we popularize better eating habits, whole food eating habits, make it easy, you know, convenient and fun, and have and, you know, famous people help promote it, <laughs> you, know, it you can have such a dramatic impact on, on public health. You know, yep. by doing that. And if the brand can embody mindfulness and kind of the same the, the ideals, principles you guys are, are espousing and help um, champion that as well, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's a recipe for success and something, you know, that's driven me to continue to be part of this is because I don't think we should accept the fact that it's okay for uh, lifespan to be going down for the next generation of kids. Right. Right. Because of the way they eat and the, the way they, move or don't move you know and so it's worth putting the time and the effort into it and you know, I, I think uh you know, hopefully there's not like a hopefully it keeps working you know and it, yeah. it kind of keeps growing into something well it's a noble it's a noble mission and i think that it's this it's very similar to the mission that we have um you're just you're just coming from a different uh different end of it and um you know uh I just appreciate so much that you're willing to do this. You know, it takes a lot to create a new beverage category, and um, you know, you're 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 um, you're a modern day warrior. You know, you're you're out. You're like Sir Lancelot, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, hopefully, there's no Guinevere in this story. I don't know if there is, but uh, the I appreciate that. It's really nice. It's uh, it's. You know what you guys are doing as well. I think it's it's you know take my hat off you know to, to you as well because it is uh, it is noble work. It's um, it's it's not 
it's not easy. It's uphill, right? Not downhill, and it. Uh, but it's worth it. When it takes- when are we going to be able to get shoes out here on the West Coast? Well, you can get it. Uh, we ship it there. Okay. Now, you know, we ship. You know, we have a lot of West Coast uh, direct direct subscribers. Ship. Yep. Yeah, we direct ship. There's a little surcharge. There's a surcharge for West Coast just because it's it's yep. a perishable product. It's, yep. This is not. You know, this is. It's. it's I had it in my fridge. I didn't notice that there was a, hey, drink this by, you know, a certain number of days. And I had it in my fridge for a good two weeks. And I drank a couple of them and they didn't, there didn't, there wasn't a problem. I don't, I mean, so I sent, <laughs> maybe I, that's risky. I sent you the raw product. Yeah. So we use a technique called high pressure processing. So it's like, it's cold pasteurization. Uh-huh. So it's, um, there's no heat, there's no chemicals, but, you know, like Evolution Fresh and Suja they use the same technique, high pressure processing. So it, it, the value for a consumer is, is you're not introducing preservatives. You're not heating it. Yep. You know, heat, heat pasteurization helps make it safer, which I'm all about, yep. but it also kills a lot of nutrients. Right. So a high pressure processing has been a great sort of technology. And so I kind of took my life into my own hands waiting that long to drink some of them. Cause I, there were a lot, there were like 12 or 14 in, in the yeah, thing. I sent, sent so. I sent you the, I sent you the, some of that, special raw stuff that we that didn't go through HPP, but the all the product that we sell online is uh, goes through HPP. Okay. And, um, and there's an expiration expiration date. How long is the shelf life? Uh, it's, we call it 35 days. Um, wow. That's great. Although it could be longer. Um, but for us, we just feel like the taste is and texture is best if you have it. Yep. Sort of sooner rather than later. Um, Suja, what's the best way to find Chuse? But then also, what's the best way to find you? Um, the yeah, Chuse is Chuse.com, C-H-U-I-C-E.com. And um, yeah, people, you can order online. And, and Except for West Coast, we do, we do free delivery for 12-bottle orders. We have a lot of subscribers who are uh, just finding the benefit of having you know 12 bottles every other week or yep. some there are some there are several people who do it weekly you wow. know usually we have a couple in martha's vineyard you know she, she admitted that she and her husband fight over their juice but they get it <laughs> they, they get they get 12 bottles once a week yep um and um so that's how they find shoes at juice.com for me um i'm on twitter and instagram at, at dr sujit sharma okay great and um not, not as active as I should, you know, should be at times. I try to. We won't hold you to it. Time, it was a time when I was. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that since, you know, time is limited. At yeah. Times. No, right. And, so, uh, um, so uh, I just really want to thank you again for taking the time to be on the podcast and uh, for doing what you do. And um, especially what you do. I don't know if we have, I've meant, you know, but what you do as a doctor. I mean, I, you, there, there are two massive elements to your life. And, um, well, the third is being dad, you know, so yeah. uh, there are three really massive elements. Oh, and then, oh, yeah, you're a husband, too. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's not, so let's not forget under, that one. Un, let's not underrepresent that at all. Yeah, no, right. So um, I appreciate you taking the time because I know you don't have a whole lot of it. And um, I wish you all the best. I, I'm looking forward to watching Choose Grow. I, I want to try the new packaging now that I've I, it, I can't wait to introduce you to it. I will send you some, uh, some, when will some that, snapshots. When, when will that be, is it going to be six months, three months? Do you know? Do you know yet? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping within the next six to eight weeks. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, the juicy super salad. Love it, love it. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Really appreciate having me on. 
The Whole Life Podcast is produced by our podcast team, Winslow Jenkins, Becca Borowski, and Ernie Hurtado. You can find all of our episodes, links, and complete show notes at wholelifechallenge.com forward slash podcast. The way that I've found is the best way to listen to podcasts is to subscribe so that episodes automatically get delivered right to your mobile device. You can do that in any podcast app on your phone. And hey, if you like the podcast, please do me a favor. Go to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and recommend it to your friends. I'm Andy Petronic, and thanks so much for listening. Thank you.